The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Teresa Christian, your Zoom host, and I'm going to hand it over to Kareth Vance, the Executive Director of the Whole Foundation and Learning Center, in just one second. Um, we're going to Stay muted uh, during the program, and then when it's time for questions, I'll remind people how to raise their hands. But for the muting, if you need to unmute, uh, it is Alt-M on a PC, Control, oh boy, Control-Shift-A on the Mac. Um, That's Command-Shift-A. Thank you, Command-Shift-A. Um on the Mac and star six on a landline touchtone phone and then a lower left-hand corner if you're on a smartphone on the app. So now it's Kareth's turn. Thank you, Teresa, for that introduction and welcome everybody. Um, as, as she said, I'm the executive director of the um, Whole Foundation and Learning Center. And I am going to introduce for you uh, Monica Butler. And she is uh, our Whole Foundation uh, representative today uh, that's going to be um, helping moderate the meeting today. Thank you, Kareth. Good afternoon, everyone. It is a beautiful sunny day here at the Whole Foundation and Learning Center. We are excited to be here with the ACB to do this meeting today. So the topic today is Whole Foundation and Learning Center, Keeping Hopes and Dreams Alive, a resource and service organization for adults with blindness and sight loss. It is my pleasure now to introduce you to Sharon Elder, our past executive director for the Whole Foundation and Learning Center. Good afternoon, Sharon. Good afternoon, Monica and Kirith and everyone. Um, it's great for me to be here. Um, I'm officially retired, but as you can see, that didn't last very long, did it? At any rate, I wanna go over the background of where we all started and where we are today. And it all, the beginning of our foundation began with a cancer diagnosis. Mrs. Oral Hall and her husband, Albert, lived on a 22-acre parcel of land in Sandy, Oregon, at the foot of the beautiful Mount Hood National Forest. Mrs. Hall had just been diagnosed with cancer and was scheduled for surgery. And way back in the early 60s, a cancer diagnosis was pretty much a death sentence. So understandably, Mrs. Hall wanted to put her affairs in order thoroughly believing that she might not survive the surgery. Well, having no heirs to leave their property to, Mrs. Hall went into Sandy and walked through the door of the first attorney she came to. The attorney's name was George Howeiler. She explained her current situation and asked the attorney to help set up a will and if he could also help with suggesting a charity to receive her property. 
Mr. Holweiler suggested several cancer-related nonprofits, etc. Then he happened to say that he did not know if she was aware that he was blind. He went on to say that he lost his eyesight through a blasting cap accident and that his parents had sent, had sent him to a summer camp that changed his life. It let him know that he could live his life as he wanted to, despite his blindness, by learning to do some things differently. Most of all, he was with other children who had sight loss. He continued telling her that it would be great if there were a similar camp for people of all ages and that her property could be the starting point. Mrs. Hall agreed. The cancer diagnosis and subsequent surgery ended well for her and she went home to live another eight years. But this beginning story does not end there, as after her surgery and recuperation, Mrs. Hull again sought out George Howeiler with a proposition. She informed him that she did not want to wait until after her death to give the property to those of blindness, and as long as she could continue to live in her home on the property, she wanted to deed it over right then and there and be able to watch her legacy come to fruition and George was in complete agreement. The necessary papers were drawn up and George, as the lead instigator, began speaking to other Sandy area business leaders and philanthropic groups to help build what we now know as Oral Hall Park. The property was officially dated in 1962 for the enormous sum of $1. The Oral Hall Foundation for the Blind Incorporated was officially born. Work began slowly, but as people began to get excited, eventually money and supplies were secured to begin building a retreat for those with blindness to enjoy. The foundation was officially recognized as a 501c3 nonprofit in 1964, just a short two years after the original dream began. Mrs. Hall went on to live another eight years, and in fact, a women's group even built a new home for her just inside the gate property. It stands today as the park host home. It took another five to six years before things really started to happen, but with determination and always moving forward, the first of our nine buildings began to spring up. The park now has a 24-room dormitory for overnight stays a grand lodge with fireplace, braille library and computer room, a large dining room with a commercial kitchen, so we can serve our guests, and everybody on our property, by the way, are not called campers, they are called guests. We can serve our famous adult and not camp food to everyone's delight. We also have a 24 by 42 foot indoor heated swimming pool, a 12-person hot tub, an activity and game room. We have a 120-person covered picnic shelter, a park host home, our administrative office, which, by the way, is the remodeled homestead of the Hull family. And last but certainly not least is our one-half acre with all paved paths of our Gardens of Enchantment. This world-renowned garden is self-guiding with markers in both braille and print to identify many of the plantings. It was designed as a five senses attraction with a hearing section surrounding the morning glory fountain and numerous wind chimes, a taste section 
Yes, you can actually graze your way through a delightful section of herbs, including thyme, oregano, spearmint, chives, fennel, sage, dill, basil, and for dessert, chocolate mint. If you want to be up close and friendly, you can find our touch section featuring plants with different textures from ferns to prickly bird's nest spruce, mugo pine, soft and fuzzy lamb's ears, satiny virginia leaves, spiky yucca, and red hot poker. Then we have the fragrance section, which is pretty much self-explanatory. However, a walk in this section means a stop at the peanut butter tree. Yes, peanut butter. Rub your thumb and forefinger between a leaf of this tree and then smell peanut butter. Other delightful smells include alyssum, scented geraniums, lilies, and so many more. The site section provides a background of varied colors for those folks that, while legally blind, can distinguish shape and color. There are many other tactile attractions in the gardens, but the crowning glory is the giant gazebo able to house 50 people with restrooms and a walkout patio that overlooks the lower six acres of our property and the sound of the rushing Sandy River. We are indeed grateful for the Oregon Federation of Garden Clubs who provide all the maintenance year-round for the planting and upkeep. The property began with overnight stays in trailers and tents. Once the buildings were up, activities were unlimited. Weekends were the most popular with people coming to spend the weekend in our dorms or trailers. It was a recreational mecca for those with blindness and sight loss. Fast forward to 2005, when the first executive director was hired, his background enabled the park to become a true recreational destination that attracted guests with blindness from all over the U.S. and even a group with blindness from Korea. This is where our famous recreational adventure retreats began. Our adults-only retreats were designed to challenge, excite, and without a doubt, build confidence as these week-long summer adventures featured whitewater rafting, kayaking, hiking, fishing, group competitions, and most important, meeting people who shared the commonality of sight loss. Long talks around the campfire, a leisurely walk on our hiking trails, and lifelong friendships were formed and are still forming. Jump forward to 2012, when I was gifted the position of executive director and our recreational retreats included winter activities, snowshoeing, cross, ah, can't say the words, cross-country skiing on Mount Hood, we also added outdoor rock climbing, again, on Mount Hood. Well, it's in our backyard, so why not? We also included options of tandem parachuting and some seriously outrageous bungee jumping and caving. But then, as life hands you, reality had to set in. How do we keep the property going? The financial strain of the cost of repairing aging buildings was, well, quite frankly, sucking us dry. We had in the, in the past made our buildings and property available to the public for rentals, which garnered some income. Reunions, weddings, specialty events were common, 
But now, crunching numbers and knowing what it takes to keep financially secure, we put the pedal to the metal and made a serious run on increasing those rentals. This took off like we hoped it would, and we were able to continue building our availability to those with blindness in several new ways. We started a series series of outreach seminars to those in retirement communities, senior centers, and even reached out to optometric medical professionals with our ability to share resources and services to those with age-related sight loss diseases. This worked better than we had hoped. Today, we get referrals weekly from eye docs, social workers, and health agencies, and we are able to provide daily living skills, orientation and mobility, braille, vision assessments, and we are even able to rehome donated assistive equipment to folks just like you. When the world literally came to a screeching halt with COVID, we refused to close our doors. The lifeline we had set up needed to be kept open. We were quick to set up a Zoom account, and voila, here we are. To emphasize our educational aspects, classes, and workshops, our board voted to change our name from the Oral Hall Foundation for the Blind to the Hall Foundation and Learning Center Incorporated for adults with blindness and sight loss. Surely you will agree that this is more reflective of our mission statement. We will always continue to have our five annual six night and seven day recreational retreats, which is, um, let's see, and uh, I'm now lost, but we'll also continue on expanding our daily living classes. And through the miracle of virtual communication, those classes can reach anyone and everyone, not to mention everywhere. So at this time, are there any questions that you would like to ask about the overview of 59 years? So if you have questions to raise your hand, if you're on a PC, is Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, it's um, Option-Y. If you're on a landline touchtone phone, it's star nine. And if you're on a smartphone, it's the um, under the more button it, that that's in the lower right hand corner. It looks like Rantu has his hand up. Uh, he's on mute. Yes, it was a great synopsis. Thank you. And I was wondering uh, when there's plans to reopen the campus. That is going to come in our next section. But Rantu, thank you very much for that question. You're welcome. Thank you. Anybody else? You have the floor. Doesn't look like it. Carrie has her hand up. Yeah. Hi, Sharon. Can you um, tell them a little bit about, you guys have the pond and the wilderness trail that's down in the lower acres? Yes. Um, We also have a stocked uh, trout pond and, uh, it recently underwent some renovation, too, as we had a storm that managed, it's all fenced, and we had a storm that managed to tear down part of the fencing, but as I understand, if it's not completed now, it will be shortly. Um, it is stocked and supported through the generous donation of a Lions Club group that is local in Portland. Um, we do asked that it is a catch and release. And that's because when I first got there, I named all the fish. 
So when you do that, you know, they become pets. So you can catch them, but you have to release them. So anyway, uh, any other questions about that? Uh, Nora has a question and you're on mute. Okay. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Nora from Phoenix, Arizona. And I want to ask you, you someday in the future will be able to have this type of thing for children also because you don't? You know, um, that is a good question. And we've had that question asked many times. But in the state of Oregon, which is where we're located, there are many opportunities for children with blindness and sight loss. And to have children have a children's camp would require an enormous financial addition because you have to have a nurse, you have to have people that are uh, can give medications, etc. It's not out of the picture, but right now that is not something that we're financially set to do. However, I will tell you that in the state of Oregon, there is the Columbia Regional. Oh, I can't think of the whole name, but they come use our facility, our venue, twice a year to have camps for children. We oh, are merely, we are yes, we are merely the host of the property, but they bring all of their specialized teachers or whatever they think is necessary. And believe me, there's nothing more satisfying than sitting in the office at the park. And hearing the laughter of children. Thank you. It's a wonderful thing. So thanks mm -hmm. for that question, Nora. And and God willing, God willing, one day that we will be able to offer that. Thank you. You're welcome. And Sharon, previously hadn't you had some family camps offered? Yes, Carrie, we did. We actually held two family camps where the parents came along with the children, but unfortunately, the first one was terrific. We had enough to fill to capacity. The second one, while some of the same people came back, there just wasn't enough people to generate, well, to lose money. Let's put it that way, okay? And so that just needs to be restructured. A family camp would be great again. And EG has his hand up. Yes, I just wanted to mention that I think Carrie asked you to uh, also describe the trail that is specially designed and of interest. Right. We, we do have um, three different trails. Um, they're very short. You're not going to be hiking six miles. You're probably going to be hiking less than or maybe a quarter of a mile. One of them is called the Alex Cook Trail. And uh, these are all trails that were built by Eagle Scouts. And uh, we are fortunate to be able to maintain them to where it's easy walking. We do have guide wires. You certainly don't have to use them if you don't want to. And we do have a lot of older people that walk the trails. So balance is an issue with a lot of people, including me, by the way. So, um, we appreciate the fact that there are guide wires, but you can certainly traverse them by yourself. You don't do not necessarily need a guide unless you want someone to talk to. Um, there's someone that has their hand up with the last three phone numbers of 974. Good afternoon. My name is Teresa and I'm from Little Rock. 
and I used to correspond with two women um, from uh, Aloha, Oregon, back in the 80s. And I thought they talked about going to Oral Hall. And from what I remember, they were only like, back then, they were only like in their uh, late teens to early 20s. And I guess I heard them correctly saying, you know, that they had gone to Oral Hall. That is highly likely. Um, I wasn't here or at the park back then. Um, and it has gone through many different phases of, of you know, different programs, etc. So you are probably right. But as of this date, our people that come to the park are at least 18 and older. Okay. And well, I, they, I think they already were 18. Oh, okay. okay. And just as an aside, on our recreational uh, weekly events, we do permit people to have liquor, which is highly unusual in most cases. <laughs> yeah. Except, except for the well, staff. I don't think. I don't think these two um, women, uh, either one of them, uh, per, you know, partook of liquor. Okay. <laughs> that, but I'm just saying. Um, but now, if you're not from the state of Oregon, uh, is there any kind of um, scholarship or sponsorship? Um, n no. Yes and no. I'm going to say yes and no. Uh, we... We do not have sponsorships or for, just for the recreational side. If you are interested in any of our daily living skill workshops, we turn no one away because of lack of funding. Um, but okay. I would, if you are, say you're in Little Rock and you're looking yeah. for help with uh, getting to camp or the retreats rather, we will refer you to a Lions Club. We have the ability to access Lions Clubs all over the United States and, in fact, all over the world. And they do sponsor people to come to our retreat. You just need okay. to let us know. Okay. Okay. So we, we need to move on. So sure. now I want to, I do want to talk to you about our Zoom calls. And let's start with. Virtual communication. Fascinating, isn't it, what we're doing right now? We have successfully set up weekly one-hour Zoom meetings with a myriad of topics. Each Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there are usually at least two Zoom meetings facilitated by our sight loss instructors. The sight loss instructors are your peers. They are people who share your blindness and sight loss. Our moderator, just like Monica, who greeted you all at the beginning with her over-the-top cheeriness, and yes, she's always like that, um, are excited about being able to meet all of you while not in person, at least through phone or Zoom meeting conversations. So how do our Zoom meetings work? Ours are a little bit different, not a whole lot, than ACB. We send out a monthly newsletter which features all the Zoom topics for the coming month, as well as listing them on our website under the calendar tab. And at the end of this uh, workshop or this meeting, we will give you all that information to access that. By the way, you are all invited to sign up for this free newsletter, which features other topics of interest such as our newsletter contains always a gadget of the month, 
tips and tricks on various subjects and other information based on what time of year we are in. There is no charge to sign up and you can do so by phoning us or by accessing our website. And once you have access to the monthly Zoom information, you will need to call our office to, to receive the Zoom link for each specific topic. Some of our upcoming and previous topics include guest speakers, and topics are all related to daily living and resources and services available to you that you might not know about, or new products on the market, or upgrades on existing assistive devices, and some we have some regular monthly features such as group chats every Thursday afternoon, at least Pacific time. We have a wide variety of topics, including sharing your personal feelings, both good and bad about sight loss, people who were influential in your life, your favorite hobbies, your biggest gripes. It goes on and on, the list goes on and on. We also have a book club which we read a book every two weeks and meet back via Zoom to discuss it and share insights, boos, or accolades. And I did not say boos with a Z, it was B-O-O-S. Um, we also have specialty groups. This is something new that we just started. We feature monthly and bi-monthly Zoom calls for specific sight loss diseases. These include retinitis pigmentosa, macular degeneration, glaucoma, and so forth. In fact, if you have a special group idea that you would like to share with us, you're certainly more than welcome to call our current executive director, Gareth Vance. Again, there are, there are so many exciting things about the Hull Foundation, but don't just listen to me. I would like you to sit back and enjoy the following voice recordings for the next five minutes of people talking about what it means to be involved with our foundation. So let me set this up for you. It is at, at the end of our five, um, no, I'm sorry, at the end of our weekly retreats, we all sit by the fire or in the lodge, depending on the weather, and each person gets to talk about their feelings about their experiences during the week. I'd like to play a couple of actual retreat guests talking about their experiences. So I'll get this set up. Whoops, I just unset it up. So let me try that again. Here we go. It's Ren. Um, I'm very early in the process of this. I've known that uh, this was going to happen at some point, and I've been kind of in a purgatory for a while. I can't do things that sighted people do, and I can't do things as a blind person did. So coming here was a source of a lot of anxiety, and to be able to share experiences and listen to what people do uh, in their various uh, realms of being blind and seeing the successes. And um, this is something that is very exciting for me because I've never been out on my own before. Um, I'm very thankful for the veterans who've been at the camp multiple times and how they welcome everybody without question and 
how we get to be blind without worrying about being blind. I would also like to thank the staff for their grace and their kindness and their patience um, for all the effort that they put into it to be able to make these things happen. And what I'm taking out of this is I want to be an advocate for this place and any contact that I have where I live and the services that I've used to try and promote this place as somewhere that is deserved for people with low vision or no vision. Yes, sir. Thank you. If you want to go to your left, Ren, with the microphone, George, if you want to put out your hand. I found it. <laughs> this is George. I firstly want to thank the staff for their attitude, their assistance, and their effort. I honestly felt, I was trying to think of the right word, but the staff makes us feel special and important. And I really appreciate that. And I want to thank the staff. Um, I also want to thank the guests, fellow guests, for your friendship, for your assistance. I sometimes got off the path, but I got a lot of help finding my way back to wherever I was going. And to sum up the week for me, for the vast bulk of this week, I didn't think about my vision issues. The attitude, you know, the, the activities, many of which I had not priorly, I had not done before, helped me to forget the fact that I can't see. And I really appreciate that. Wow. Thank you, George. Yes. Tom, you're next. I'm going to skip over Tom. Tom is one of our board members, but let me just, I want you to hear from Don. Thank you. This is Don. Um, I didn't know what to expect before I came here, and I was nervous. But I got to do a lot of things that I thought and other people thought I could not do. Kayaking, playing those games today, you know, throwing the ball through the hoop. I know those sounds simple to sighted people, but they're very difficult. And to be around people that just look at this stuff and laugh and, yeah. and know they can do it, it's, it's powerful. Um, the word for me that sums this place up is love from the staff. I never felt once that I was a burden or an inconvenience to any one of the staff. And everybody helping each other out. Well, you know, I'm new this year. Every, every veteran out there helping us through everything, finding chairs, where to go. It just amazed me at how much you could learn in a week. I feel so comfortable around this place, moving everywhere. I know where everything is in a week's time. On day one, I thought that was going to be impossible. But the staff here and the, the other members gave me the courage to to try new things and push on out and just figure it out and not worry about getting lost. I will highly recommend this to my friends back in Indiana, and I will definitely be back. Thank you, Don.
Okay, now I want you to hear. I want. I don't want you to think there's only men at our retreats because we have wonderful. Rebecca has um, been blind for just a short time, maybe less than five years. Um, it, it's a place where I don't feel odd. You know, when Oops. you walk into the, a room with a lot of sighted people, you always feel like you're the odd person out because they're. they're you have to be careful about where you walk. But around here, um, I'm just in, in a company of, of fellow travelers, and we're all trying to find new ways to do things. And um, I appreciate the, the freedom the staff gives us to try to do anything we want to do. And um, the highlight for me, that was last night, Nancy. Uh, that I, I had to do that for so long, and it it, um, it was just it was so much fun with everyone. And I'll never forget how Mike. I could see Mike and Maureen dancing and, and Abe. It was just a sight, you know, a sight to remember. And then the games today, the 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 fellowship, the the competitiveness. The, the, um, the new, the, the thought that Tina put into these games. And I just really am happy to be here and look forward to many more years. Yeah. <laughs> so, from, um, Okay, it still moves me, and I've been doing this for the last eight years. But um, anyway, but uh, because of uh, time constraints on this call, uh, I'll briefly, there are many other things that we provide to the community locally as well as statewide. And one of them that, it, that we're very proud of is our outreach to medical professionals, in-home care groups, skilled nursing centers, senior centers, and the retirement centers. We have a, uh, we, a via five structured classes on best communication practices to their patients and clients with sight loss. And then lastly, partnering with Lions Clubs to set up an annual vision clinic and mobility training via White Canes in Mexico. So that there's a whole big story behind that, but there's so many things that need to be done. Okay, we're ready for questions or comments now. And you, you all are very quiet. Sh Sharon, maybe mention what the sight loss instructors do. Okay, sight loss instructors, in addition to uh, being the facilitators for the workshops on Zoom, for classes, etc., they also, um, when we get referrals, which we get weekly, by the way, it could be anywhere from one to 10 from doctors or other agencies, the sight loss instructors will call these people and talk to them about where they are on their sight loss journey and how we can best assist if, if we can do that. Sometimes it's, no, I'm doing just fine. And other times it's, oh my God, I thought there was no one else besides my doctor that even understood any part of this. So they are a one-on-one, -on -one, a complete peer support, and they can often refer them to 
all of the facilities, resources, and services that we are able to provide. And that's in a nutshell, okay? It's really big, but uh, okay. Well, if there, let's see, we do have a question from someone with the, um, the uh, last phone number of 704, and they're on mute. Okay, uh, it took me a little, little bit to be unmuted from my uh, smartphone. Anyway, my name is Nancy, and I've heard about Oral Hall. Uh, I'm interested. I know because of COVID, I don't know what's happening in the summers now. Uh, you still have the camps in the summers for, you know, for older, and, well, medium, I mean, for adults, I meant to say. Yes, we do. Oh, thank and you. Earth is going to be going over the, the remaining schedule for this year as soon as I'm done and the 2022. So she will have that information for you. So we're going so to the camp will be that'll be in 2022, of course, obviously, right? Not this year. It'll be next year. Um, uh, yes. And yes mm. and no. But she will explain that. OK. Oh, OK. OK, good. Well, thank, thank you. You're more than welcome. And Rantu, you were next with your hand up and then Mary Carla Hayes. Yes. <clears throat> Karen, I just wanted to really thank you for uh, really introducing me to Hall and your presentation. I haven't been to the campus yet because I've just recently become legally and functionally blind. But uh, your presentation was very, very heart touching. And I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to Hall campus to uh, experience what you were describing. Well, thank, thank you for those kind words. And believe me, once you get here, you will be part of the family forever. Thank you. Okay, Mary, Carla, you are on. Now you're not. You're okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I am really fascinated with this. And um, I just had a couple of quick questions. Um, first of all, um, the I know you're going to go over the schedule, which I was going to ask you about and what they do during the camps and all that. But mm -hmm. um, the cost of, of camping and um, also, can is this just for people with, with that have lost their sight, or if you're blind from birth, can you also partake of this um, of these services? And um, also, I was going to ask how close you are to airports, or how you you know. It sounds like it might be you know since it is um, in, in the middle of you know in, in sort of a um, not in the city or anything. That transportation, if somebody from out of state would fly in. Yes, and those are all excellent questions. And, and Kareth, if I might, if I can just answer those, I know you probably were going to fit them in somewhere. But uh, anybody that is, you, actually, we even go beyond being legally blind. If you have been diagnosed with any kind of vision loss that says you will be going blind, you are welcome to come. And certainly blind any any level of blindness are more than welcome to come. We um, do pick up, we will pick you up at the airport and train station and bus station at no extra cost. And we will even, if you're really nice to us, take you back. So it, it works, works out just fine. And the cost, there is a cost. We try to keep it as close as we can. We understand that you know, there are some people that are on fixed incomes and all kinds of stuff. And so I believe there it was a slight increase for the camps. 
for the retreats. We don't like to call them camps and I keep doing it. So I'm probably going to get fired. Oh, wait, I'm retired. That can't happen. Okay, good. At any rate, um, I, I, you're looking at adventure camps. There's a moderate adventure and a high adventure. And Kareth will go over the costs. And like I said, for those of you who've been before, there is a slight increase. Um, the winter camp is the same way. And I do encourage you to come to both a winter and a summer camp because they are completely different with different types of activities. So um, uh, hopefully, if I haven't answered all your questions, uh, Mary, that um, Kareth will be able to do that when she's, and she's on next. And, and Sharon, I wanted to verify, to, to clarify, that is transportation from Portland, Oregon, because Sandy, the park is just outside of Portland. So if you flew into the Portland, Portland airport, yes. airport Okay, yes. thank you. Okay, so I am going to say thank you all, and I am going to turn this over to Kareth. You're on. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate that. Um, lots of uh, great information, and as the new executive director of Hull Foundation, um, I've been involved on the periphery of, of Hull as a lion and a volunteer for a while, but I'm. Uh, it's been really fantastic to be part of the organization and meeting all the people that make it work and all of the wonderful people who um, come out and just meeting everybody on our Zooms and some of our other activities. And I know I'm really excited um, about the rest of 2021 and as we get into 2022 and can return to some of the sense of in-person um, visits at the park. And we do have quite the schedule. We actually just recently went through and started looking at dates and what kinds of activities we might be able to have. Um, I know it's it varies all over the, the country where different counties and different cities are with being able to be um, completely open and have people traveling or even have people um, at certain uh, locations as a group. And so there's uh, our area still has some restrictions, but it's slowly coming back. So we went ahead and put a calendar together, calendar together based on how that's going. And I'll just share with you some of the things that we've got. I'm trying to click on it right here. There we go. On um, some of the things we've got coming up. Um, so we do have um, a, a, a tea party event at our park on July 10th, which is more of a fundraiser, but it's a lot of fun with um, different drinks and snacks and things like that. And that um, not only is it a really fun event, but it's a great way to um, help support our programs and tell people about what we do. Now, as far as um, guests being able to come back to the park, and we've had a lot of calls and a lot of questions about when will that happen, when we'll be able to come back and be at the park. So in August, we're actually doing two outdoor day events, um, and these are going to be a full day event, and they're going to have um, different activities of, uh, from field games to crafting, um, we're talking about making a planter, and then we'll have some skills-related or workshop-related type things as well. And, of course, we'll do a tour of the property and being able to hike on some of the spaces and maybe even go down and catch a fish in our trout pond. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it is just a day event, um, and it is going to be all outside. Um, it'll also have a barbecue and, and things associated with it. Um, 
So we have those events and um, those are going to be for um, people experiencing sight loss. And then we're asking them if they would bring a friend with them or, a, um, you know, maybe a family member that wants to come with them. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then um, as we move into October, we're going to actually go back and do an event that was a lot of fun um, in the past. And we actually had to, because of COVID, um, it was online last year, but we're really excited to be planning our Monster Mash for October um, from the 26th to the 29th. Um, Monster Mash event, and that'll be held here at the park as well. And so there'll be some um, availability for some uh, stays in our dorm for people that travel from a, a distance away. And we'll be having all kinds of different activities and crafts and uh, music and just fun uh, being able to be together, um, costume contests and all kinds of uh maybe creepy crawly related uh, fun things to do as well. And so that'll be in October, our Monster Mash event. And then we're going to have a winter, um, a winter holiday getaway um, in December, early December from the 7th to the 10th. Um, and that's going to be another um, more of a getaway, just getting together to do different activities together and have fun and um, celebrate the season and just being able to be back with each other in person again. And then we're going to start moving on to um, 2022 when we're going to start opening back up to the kinds of retreats um, that were mentioned by Sharon that have a lot of those um, activities like the, the bungee jumping or snowshoeing or uh, rock climbing and kayaking and things like that. So we're planning a winter retreat. That will be in February, um, and that's going to be from the 6th to the 12th, and that will um, have more of those kinds of adventure activities as part of it. And then in the spring, um, from the 5th to the 8th in April, we're going to have a spring fling, so we'll have all kinds of uh, music and spring crafts and things like that. And then we're going to have a friends and alumni event in June from the 5th to the 9th. And then next summer, 2022, which I know everyone is looking forward to, we're going to be back with our moderate adventure camp and our high adventure camp. Um, the first one in July from the 14th to the 21st and the next one in August from the 10th to the 17th. And those those two events will include a lot of those, uh, the whitewater rafting and the rock climbing and uh, those activities that um, people were speaking of earlier. Um, as far as the, uh, and then, so I, as, as I'm coming into this um, during a time period where we haven't done a lot of the transportation, but I know from what Sharon has shared with me and from what I've learned from our um, staff that we do make arrangements as people are arriving into town, um, we will help you get to the park. And then we have our own vans and transportation to help you get to any of the activities that you'll be participating in um, during the week that you're here. Some of the things like the Monster Mash and the Spring Flame, the majority of those things will happen on our campus. And so there's not a whole lot of travel involved once you um, get here. And then um, we're talking about a lot of other things that we'd like to do. Uh, in addition to that, we are still going to have all of our Zoom 
Um, we will have Zoom uh, meetings and workshops online as well for people that aren't able to travel or that come from all different parts of the country or um, that want to participate online and learn more about uh, different apps and ticks and tricks for their phones and um, and and chat about different things and just have an opportunity to meet people who are experiencing what you're experiencing and ask questions and be able to get um, feedback and, and some answers for those kinds of things as well. Um, and I'm thinking I might just pause there. Does anyone have any specific questions about the kinds of events or things or what you might expect? Or um, if you want to know how to find out about those events, I'm sure Monica will share some of this with you later too. But we always ask people, you can, um, we'll have information on our website. Um, we also, you can call our office um, and get that information. And then if you sign up for our newsletter, one of the things that you'll get is not only monthly updates on what we're doing at the, at the park and what the activities are, um, and we usually will forecast those out for the, the month ahead, but also we'll email you anytime we do have a retreat schedule um, when we're ready to open up um, people to register for the different events. When we have those ready, we'll send out information by email. And we realize also that there are some people that don't get email. So if you have friends or someone that you're thinking of that might be interested in some of these events um, at the park, but may not um, be someone who's very electronic based, we also can send our newsletter out in print form and notices in print form as well. And Amanda, I see that you've got a question, go ahead. Kareth, just a second. Could you mention the price of the the different retreats? You know, someone did ask about that earlier. I, so, for the pricing on the retreats, it very the the getaways and things like the Monster Mash, um, the cost associated with those, from what I understand, has been very minimal. We haven't yet sat down and priced out the ones going forward. So actually, I may look to Sharon and Monica for more of the the um, specifics for the history of what those prices. I know we haven't put them together yet for this coming year to be able to give you a, a, an exact figure. But Sharon, I believe that for the actual part portion and Monica, for, for when people actually come out to the camp and stay for those high adventure and moderate adventure retreats, that they that they've been around uh, the seven and eight hundred dollar range. Yes, the and moderate adventure is seven hundred and fifty, and the high adventure is eight hundred and fifty, and that's for six nights and seven days, and that includes your transportation, all of your meals, and the cost of all the activities, with the exception of if you wanted to go tandem parachuting, that is a separate cost. And also the bungee jumping. And there needs to be at least three to four people who decide they want to do this. Um, but it's best if you call in on our line. And Monica's going to be giving you all of that contact information at the end. In which we're almost at the end. So um, as far as Monster Mash, which are, I believe it's three nights and four days. Is that right, Monica? Right. Correct. Um, in the past, the whole entire amount has been $100, which, as you know, is not cost effective. So <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to Kareth 
and her staff to determine if they need to raise the cost of that. And we'll have a lot more information about that. We just put our calendar together. So uh, myself and the staff, that's our next steps is we're going to sit down and look at all of that and put the information together so that we can start sending it out to you and um, having it out there for people so that they know what dates to set aside um, and um, can start planning on coming out and getting to know us. And um, if you haven't been out, we really look forward to having you and you'll fall in love with the place as much as I have in the short time I've been out there there. Amanda, um, you had a question? Yes. Um, I was wondering, do you do any family camps? Because uh, my husband and I are both totally blind and our daughter, who's 11, is also uh, visually impaired. And I was just wondering if you guys do any uh, family camps. That's a great question. So I know I I, the, the calendar that we've put together so far, we haven't looked at it um, uh, to, it's all been adult based. I like the idea of a family camp. I think that's something I know that we've done when we have our, our day events um, and activities at the park that we do encourage people to bring their families. I know the two August day retreats that we're doing, um, we have a couple of people that have already mentioned bringing um, their kids with them and our fundraiser events are definitely um, and some of the other fun day events that we have at the park are also very family friendly events. Um, but I know for people that are traveling, we would want to plan something ahead of time specifically for that. So I'll need to get back and talk with um, Monica and Jennifer and maybe look into the possibilities of us having some space set aside for that type of an activity. Kareth, um, I hate to interrupt, but I know the, the radio, I think Jason only um, broadcast till a certain time. So I thought maybe if people had questions, they could ask after we let Monica do the ending part. So it gets on the radio. Sure, that's fine with on. me. So we'll let Monica go next and then we'll get back to the questions. Do I make one comment real quick, please? Yes. Um, and, th and that is, uh, th does, does it require? Are you required to be a member to participate in the retreats? No. 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 Go ahead, Monica. Okay, thank you. Uh, so in order to reach us, I am going to give you some contact information, and I'll go slow. So the phone number to reach us at is 503-668-6195. I'll repeat that one more time. 503 6686195 we also have a website that you can go to you can log on at oralhull.org o r a l h u l l.org or it also comes up at www.hullparkfortheblind.org so please feel free to go to our website or to reach out to us via phone and we'll be able to give you more information regarding our upcoming events. If you would like to purchase tickets for our upcoming tea, we can also help you with that. Um, please feel free to give us a call at any time. We do have people here at the office to answer your call. If we are not answering at the time, please leave us a message. We check our messages regularly and we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. And then I am going to, I do have some jokes for you. So I'm going to tell them so they get on the radio and then we can go back to questions and answers, Carrie. Um, so I have a couple of jokes. First woman, my son came to visit for summer vacation. Second woman, 
How nice. Did you meet him at the airport? First woman. Oh, no. I've known him for years. (laughs) Why is a baseball game a good place to go on a hot day? Because there's a lot of fans. Oh, my God. Why do you call, what do you call a snowman in July? A puddle. The Lone Ranger and Tonto ride into town one hot summer day. The Lone Ranger's horse is looking overheated. So the Lone Ranger tells Tonto to run around in circles and horse off. Sometime later, a cowboy walks into the saloon and asks, whose horse is that out there with the silver saddle? That would be mine, says the Lone Ranger. Well, you left your engine running. <laughs>